All right, everybody, welcome back to the Agents of Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul. And I'm Eric. That's right, and we are here, uh, just like we did last year, I think we ended up doing this as well. We're going to start off our uh, horror-themed books a little early. Oh, yeah. Um, I think actually what we ended up doing last year, if I'm recalling correctly, was we did a whole month of Swamp Thing leading up to October, oh, and that was yeah. basically our excuse of like, yeah, we're doing horror stuff early, fuck it. Yeah, it's like um, a two-monther. Right, so we're not doing a whole month extra, I guess, this time. We're just doing one extra week. But yeah. we did end up, it was Swamp Thing related again. Yeah, true. So that was he the was one coincidence, there. right. We're doing, maybe this will be the one week of Swamp Thing every year, the last week of September. <laughs> hey, I'm not against September, it. September, always the week of swamps. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so if you haven't figured it out, the book that we're doing, uh, based on the title of this episode, uh, today is going to be a uh, episode themed around the Justice League, but not just the regular Justice League. We're turning out the lights. Ooh. It is the Justice League after dark. They're a little spooky. Yeah, they're the spooky Justice League. Um, <laughs> this is a team who's been around relatively recently. Uh, I think their first iteration was in the New 52. Okay. Um, that original team, that run had a couple of writers. Um, Jeff Lemire had a short run of it, which is decent. It's not my favorite Jeff Lemire book. Okay. Um, but it, it's it's all right. It was enough to like get a following for this crew. Uh, what was the, the original team? The original team was, uh, I think the Changing Man was there at first. Like he, uh, Shade the Changing Man. Oh right. Um, and then they was also Dead Man was on the team. It was Constantine Zatanna. Um, okay. Swamp Thing was there. Wait, was he? I don't remember now. I don't think he was. Um, so, yeah. so no one major? No, it was basically Constantine and Zatan. I kind of like this book ends up being yeah, yeah. Um, but like less Constantine in this case. Gotcha. Um, so they didn't need their head like a Wonder Woman or anyone? No, uh, a lot of these characters are new to the team. Like Detective Chimp, Man Bat, and Wonder Woman were not at all even in that gotcha. ballpark. Because, um, I mean, it's yeah, not something they you'd definitely think. weren't in the movie. Right. Uh, it's not some like characters you'd think would be a part of this, but they actually end up working. Yeah, for um, sure. I feel like Man Bat is here because he looks like a bat, and that's scary. It's just yeah, it's kind of <laughs> ho- on the horror. It side. ends up being on theme, right? So, <laughs> yeah. but it's like they never talk about that. that that's the reason, obviously, because that'd be meta. But it, yeah, it very clearly is the reason he's on this team is because he's a scary bat, <laughs> for sure. And it, he kind of works as a character. Like oh, he totally. definitely has a lot of interesting parts, just well, like his contrast he, between what he understands between science and magic. And, yeah, like, I'll talk about that more when we get into the book. That's a good point because he actually ends up being a good fish out of water. For like explaining yeah. a lot of what this shit is, exactly. Like, I don't know what the hell we're talking about. Who's Cersei? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that is what we're going to be reading today. If you're wondering, yeah, we're not reading that original Justice League Dark Run today. We're actually going to be reading the recent relaunch, which was uh, actually a book that just recently finished. Um, this was Justice League Dark, uh, started in 2018. Uh, started out written by uh, James Tynion, pencils by Alvaro Martinez. Inks by Raul Fernandez, <clears throat> and there is more of a creative team because it ties over with Wonder Woman. Uh, we'll get into that when we get uh, to those issues as well. Um, but this run also eventually gets uh, taken over by Rom V, who who does like just as well with it and, and finishes out the run in a really 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 cool way. Um, yeah, like I said, that just wrapped up, and I think the book continued on as like uh, backups in the ju- main Justice League book. Okay, I don't know how far that went, but I knew that after that it spun off into its own Swamp Thing book, yeah. which is what this sets up for. So. Yeah, which is why I'm I'm gonna have to finish this to get into Swamp Thing. Oh yeah, the next um, one. I, I've been waiting a long. Like, I mean, uh, Swamp Thing is one of my favorite DC characters, so that's why I originally picked this book up, but then I yeah. ended up liking it for uh, other reasons. Yep. Um, yeah, it's solid. 
But yeah, it's cool that it actually spun into a Swamp Thing book. Swamp Thing hasn't had a solo title since the New Fifty Two. It'd been a while. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, uh, we everyone been uh, amped up waiting for that. So I'm glad they uh, back and with a, a, a great writer. So yeah, hell yeah. Um, that run just started on um, DC Universe, so I haven't read a lot of it yet. I'm waiting for more issues to build up, but soon maybe that'll be what we do uh, next year, September. Yeah. In our newly established Swamp Thing month. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but that is the plan for today. Talk about Justice League Dark, and then the adaptation um that we're gonna do because if you're if this is your first episode joining us usually what we'll do is we'll talk about a comic book maybe not a whole run but at least a couple arcs or an arc usually yeah uh, and then compare it to an adaptation based on the same characters the same property team what have you um so we we usually pair a movie with a book um this week we're doing the justice league dark animated film which is part of like that the more recent dc animated movie universe which we'll talk about it there's a reason we haven't done any of those movies yet until now because yeah. <laughs> a lot of them are pretty bad and bad in a really boring offensive way yeah uh like you're just watching it and you just feel assaulted by just boredom stop (laughs) yeah this one wasn't the most solid no but it's it's surprisingly one of the best ones they have yeah it's watchable and it it was not that good no (laughs) definitely not uh but that's what we'll talk about it was on themes and there's no other justice league dark adaptation and i wanted to do the book so we tortured ourselves with that but we we don't won't do many of those (laughs) because people have asked me like oh well you keep saying like oh you guys are running out of adaptations to do well you have all these dc animated movies you haven't done yeah yeah i know (laughs) we're aware we'll continue to not do them. <laughs> we might do that Jessica Cruz one, but that'd I mean, be an exception. I'm sure there's a handful that have are, have like some meaningness or meaningfulness. I think you might be wrong. There's not <laughs> there's not any in like the past 20, 30 years. Yeah, I mean the Fatal Five that Jessica Cruz one had some redeeming qualities, but even that one wasn't great. Like, there's no good animated Batman. There's like Mask of the Phantasm. Well, that's okay. Well, that's going back really far. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm uh, talking oh, about. I guess you mean th- like, this is a new kind of relaunch. The like, past like decade. Well, yeah, I'm, we're leaving all that Bruce Tim stuff behind. I'm okay. talking about like everything. Gotcha. Past that, yeah. yeah. It, it, and it's been that way for a while. Like that's pretty old stuff. We're we're reaching back to the '90s for that one. Yeah, true. True. <laughs> yeah, I keep forgetting the '90s is like 30 years ago. Yep, <laughs> we're getting there. <laughs> Uh, but that is the plan for today. And then, obviously, uh, I might have implied this by just by our conversation, but going into the weeks after this is going to be all horror-themed. Uh, the next two weeks we're going to be covering, or not the next two weeks, the next two episodes are going to be um, horror-themed. Uh, the one we're going to be doing in two weeks is actually going to be uh, Freddy vs. Jason uh, is the movie we're going to watch, and we're going to pair that with a comic that came out called Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash. So it ties in with Evil Dead a little bit as well, yep. which both of us have some background with, so we'll know what we're getting into. Yeah, which actually was only made because originally the movie, they were supposed to make more movies off of Freddy vs. Jason, and the next one was supposed to have Ash, but then the well, studio yeah. <laughs> didn't want to make another one, so like, well, I guess we'll just make a comic People actually it. didn't like this one, so no. <laughs> make it a comic book. Yeah, we'll give you enough money to make a comic book. Yeah, those are always like, the, you always feel like really depressed when you read like the comics that are like failed other properties, because you're like, this is just someone's like backup plan. Exactly. Like, sometimes yeah. they're good. But it always feels like oh, there could have been something here. Yeah, like yeah, recently it happened to Penny Dreadful. But yep, that was yeah, the, the, cla- that. the example I was thinking of because the Penny Dreadful comic was actually good. It had yeah, some I'd... really cool ideas. I was like, damn it, this could have been a show. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I definitely got to get around to reading that. But like, whenever they do that, though, it is terrible because they always like give you a. Uh, an issue of the of the comic and I dreaded this that's why I stopped pulling the single issues which is probably why they canceled the books I was the only person buying it because <laughs> like, like well that one guy stopped literally it's my over. comic shop pulled it just for me <laughs> so this is funny because they, they pulled that penny dreadful book just for Damn. me I was like because I mean they have like other shops so like this if someone's right, buying right, it yeah. they'll just have it shipped to that shop instead okay so they, like, they always had one issue of that book and like they kept giving me the issue that was like not the artist cover but like a cover that was just like the actors from the show oh so 
like Josh Hartnett with a gun. I'm like, this <laughs> cover's lame. I want something like from the artist. Like have yeah. the artist draw something because the covers that they had were really dope. That makes no sense. Um, but, but then like I kept getting those covers and I was like, you know what? I might just trade weight this or just not read it. I don't know. Yeah. Because these covers are really bumming me out. <laughs> For real though. And like that they didn't like uh, have the other one. So they I just stopped pulling it and I, my shame when every week that one issue of the penny dreadful comic was still on the shelf i was gonna say they pulled it just for me and i stopped <laughs> getting it just say after like a few months did they just start piling up uh no they they realized they stopped it was just those two issues okay they stopped shipping it after I yeah it <laughs> like, like well he's not coming back <laughs> so just sitting there and i'm just like damn it i should just buy those right feel just like an asshole take now. it off their shelf i'm sorry the covers sucked oh man uh, but yes, uh, that is how it will go for Freddy versus Jason. We'll see if that's any different. Hopefully, uh, we're reading it digitally, so we don't have to worry about that issue. Yeah. Um, but and then after that, um, we're actually going to be finishing up something we started last year. Uh, we're going to be reading the final three volumes of Lock and Key. Mm-hmm. Uh, comics wise, we're actually going to be closing it out. The show probably won't get that far, but I mean, we might as well just wrap it up. We're only three volume. We did three volumes last time. We might as well do three this time. Yeah. Um. So that's a fair warning. If you're going to be watching our Lock and Key episode at the end of October, there will be some comic book spoilers, but read it yourself. I mean, what are you doing? Read the fucking book. <laughs> why, why wouldn't you? Yeah, just read the book. It's awesome. And then you'll know what's happening with the show. It'll be sweet. Uh, but that is the plan moving forward. Since people might be jumping on for this episode, I just want to call out. We are over on Twitter, at Agents of Podcast, if you want to follow us there. Uh, we do usually follow people back, uh, as long as I... Uh, I, will, I will pour through your page first, make sure you're not a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> or at least not obviously a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> you might be good at hiding it. Yeah, who but, knows? But we, I enjoy following people back, so that way we can have a dialogue going uh, and talk about comics. So that's my, that's my plan with that. Oh, yeah. Um, so follow us over on Twitter there, and you can also find out what we're reading ahead of time and find links to all the episodes. Um, I'm assuming you guys are pretty good at that if you're listening to a podcast, but yeah. <laughs> that's just on me. Uh, without further ado, we're going to get into the book for this week, which is going to be, as I mentioned, Justice League Dark. Uh, we read, actually, uh, more of this than we planned, just because it's a really good book and we just kept reading. Um, so we're actually going to be covering uh, a lot of this. If we have time, we'll get to the, the Dr. Fate story at the end, but we're at least yeah. going to be talking about the first and, and second arcs of this book, which is basically a giant uh, Hecate story, uh, combined with the overarching threat of the uh, the other kind, which yeah. is like this, they, this new uh, enemy that they're going to be facing throughout the entire run as we we mentioned the team a little bit the team for this book um at least the core team i mean there's a lot a lot of characters in this run uh for better or worse uh, mm-hmm. they usually do a pretty good job introducing them but really they do try to put every dc magic character in this book at some point. <laughs> yeah they tried to chuck a lot in yeah, if, you, if you've got a favorite magic dc character and and you want to see if they're in this run i can almost guarantee you they have to be like, <laughs> right they, i can't think of anyone that could have left out yeah and this, this first few pages teakle even shows up who's uh grant morrison creation from seven soldiers who's awesome oh nice i He's didn't like, I, I didn't pick up on that one one of the clarions um, but this team is going to be uh, actually leading it is Wonder Woman, which I thought was a cool choice when this book first got pitched because I was like, oh, that actually kind of makes sense. Like if you want to get like an A-list like Justice League member on there, yeah, like, that's the perfect pick instead yeah. of the movie who picked Batman. Exactly, ends up being completely useless. <laughs> I was just gonna say that like she actually has some like advantages. Well, in connections to like the world of magic, yeah. like the whole plot, like tying it into Hecate and Themyscira was a really cool tie-in that like, yep. seems like a layup that no one thought of before. Yep. Uh, whereas the movie throws in Batman and he just kind of throws batarangs at. Ghosts. And you're like, why are you here, Batman? Just kind of hangs around and like surprises people that they <laughs> right. run into. Uh, but Wonder Woman ends up being a great fit uh, for this book. Uh, the rest of the team includes, uh, I would call the heart of the book, which is Bobo, Detective Chimp. Oh yeah, he's definitely the character who has like the most kind of like. Uh, 
the most well-rounded character in this book, I think. He's got the most like three-dimensional yeah. kind of uh, aspects to him here. Yep. Um, I, I think he really ends up being being a star in this in this book. Um, Satana uh, is always great. She's a, a, a favorite of mine in DC. Um, and yeah, same. She is a lock for being on this team at all times. Like, how are you not going to have Zatanna here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then Swamp Thing, of course, uh, has a has a pretty big role in this book. Not necessarily in this arc, but moving forward, he's going to be a big character. Yeah. Um, and and this book actually does a pretty good job. It seems like kind of closing the final threads on Alec Holland's character in general before kind of setting up the new Swamp Thing stories. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is a really really uh, fitting way to uh, to pull out that character here. Did we say Constantine? Uh, he's actually not on the team. Of, he's not on the core team. Yeah, he's in this book a lot yeah. just because how could he not be? Yeah. But yeah, uh, the core team is is those five though. Uh, yeah. Because well. uh, Constantine would jump out, uh, jump in and out, uh, as well as a lot of these other characters. Like Doctor Fate, I would argue is pretty much on the team, but uh, not in a way. Yeah. Up yet. <laughs> um. Well, later on, you'll uh, it becomes more of an. You'll, yeah. You'll see if you keep reading it. But the the way this all sets up, it spins out of a big DC event called uh, Dark Knight's Metal. Which we don't need to go over. It's not too relevant here. But long story short, uh, the source wall ripped open at the edge of the universe and new shit started pouring out. It's DC going, here's some new stuff mm-hmm. and here's the reason why. Go yeah. nuts. <laughs> and uh, what this means for this book is there was this uh, tree, essentially, that looks like a tree, but it's not really. It's just this big cosmic like artifact, basically, that's growing on Earth called the Tree of Wonder. And it's basically like a, a door to the like primordial place where all magic comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, what we're told over the course of all these issues is that magic is this kind of like ancient force that like humans and other creatures have learned to tap into yeah. and kind of pull from to like as their source of power. Um, but the but the place they're pulling it from, there's creatures who live there, and now that now that they're free, they've come to take it back. Is the whole the whole hook of what we're dealing with here? Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they basically, um, I would describe them as very like uh, Cthulhu esque, kind of like Lovecraftian monsters. Like the strangeness is their horror because yeah. they're so like ununderstandable and like weird that that's what gives them their horror aspect. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you get a lot of like uh you know like weird screaming faces and eyeballs and like tentacles and shit like that kind of design from these kind of creatures. Yeah, a lot of body horror throughout this entire thing. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> um the the main antagonist being the upside down man who self-called upside down man. He's proud of it. He named himself that. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, he um, he does walk upside down. He does. Uh, it might be hard to guess, but he does. <laughs> um the way they bring all these characters in is cool because Bobo being here is very strange at first, but like the way they set it up, there's actually a really good issue after this arc where it's like um, the uh, there was this hero called Nightmask who um, you don't need to know a lot about him. He, he just like was a, a superhero guardian, like a very like Knights of the Round Table. Yeah, guy. they kind of sum it up pretty well in like three pages. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he and he died, and so and he left Bobo like the, the detective chimp, like his sword, and said like you will guard over um, the the lost kingdom of Mithra, and you will be yeah. a guardian of that reality, and gave him his sword, and he's like. I'm a detective monkey. Like, this is a <laughs> lot of responsibility for me. Not a lot of experience with swords. Um, and so, like, I think that's a really cool arc for Detective Chimp in this book. This is why I liked him, because he's got, like, kind of, like, gruff, like, detective kind of vibes that you expect. But then yeah. there's also that, like, hidden, like, like this uh, weight on his head. Like, the, this responsibility he's been given that he doesn't feel, like, worthy of. Because he's like, I'm a fuck-up. Like, why are you giving me? I'm going to fuck this up. Yeah, I, I can't be responsible for an entire world. Yeah, so I, I think that he's got, uh, I really like that character in this run for this for that reason. Because he's got that kind of, like... Like, that arc where he has to realize, like, no, I was worthy of this. Like, I was given this for a reason. Like, overcoming imposter syndrome, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, so I think that's what makes Detective Chimp's arc in this book really good. The the whole arc, I mean, we don't need to go too much into like all of the plot details since we're covering a lot of issues, but the hook of it basically is that Hecate, this like ancient goddess of magic, one of the first people, uh, we, we learn later she was basically the, the beacon of light that opposed uh, the other kind. It, like It was kind of like something that formed out of that same area. Yeah. Uh, and started out as almost like a, a beacon of like hope and truth and kind of like, you know, using magic for good, but then humans doing what they do kind of rebounded that and used her for evil. And now she's like this like spiteful like witch, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Um, what's cool is when they show that scene in the background. There's a slight Sandman reference. Oh, I mean, really? Have you, have you read even the first issue of Sandman? I have not. Did you? Oh, but you watched that trailer, right? For the, I did. The show? Yeah. When they, yeah, that circle. Yeah, that's a Sandman thing. Because that, that's how Sandman opens when they're trying to like summon death so that they, they can bind him and become immortal. But yeah. they accidentally summon Dream. Yep. So that's what they're using in that binding circle. When oh, they bind okay. Hecate, they're using one of those binding circles. Gotcha. I thought that was a cool little reference there huh. to the uh, the world of the dreaming. Um, but yeah, it's basically Hecate long ago is like branded uh, like uh, I think it was five women yep. uh, with like these brands that can't be seen like even yeah, through magical means yeah which is like storing her power for when she'll eventually rise again as uh, in the witching hour which she'll come to regain all her power yep um, and so that's kind of a setup for the witching hour which is the part this spins into they do kind of a cool thing in this book where the pacing is really solid because they introduce this like big overarching threat which is the other kind and the upside down man which is like they're just Lovecraft monsters who like can't be stopped they're too powerful yeah um and they set that up and then they use hecate's brand as like a way to beat that but then that pulls in hecate as the second uh and like immediately pulls in like a, another like really good like arc that goes on top of it at the same time and they kind of play two forces against each other yeah i thought that was a really good way to pace those two uh, enemies and kind of put them like back to back like that um, setting up, uh, there's some also some really cool, like, you can tell, uh, James Tynion, like, loves all these characters, because A, he throws in every DC magic character that he can find, mm -hmm. and B, there's a lot of references to, like, a lot of, like, the really, like, all-time great, like, DC magic stories, like, the Books of Magic, Sandman, and a lot of Swamp Thing stuff here. Yeah, for sure. Um, because they call back a lot of Zatanna's hook in this arc is... Yeah, but you forgot the most important, Boston Brand. Oh, of course, <laughs> the dead man, who could forget? <laughs> Maybe my least favorite member of the Justice League Dark? <laughs> yeah, and it was even worse in the movie. At least he's used very sparingly in the in the other Justice League Dark member. He's like in the other Justice League Dark. The first friend, he's one, like a full member. Yeah, oh, like, man. it's so tiring. Jeez, I'm sorry, Dead Man fans, but he's not my character. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Boston, and my name is Boston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like I didn't fully connect the Boston thing. I was like, oh, maybe it's just like a unique name. And then we watch a movie, and he just has the thickest Boston accent. I was right. like, oh no, he's like a Boston character. <laughs> All right, that's a thing. And, like, he does still have, like, this weird, like, dated origin. Like, I get Dick Grayson as the same thing. It's the same. But it's literally the same as Dick Grayson. Yeah. It's funny. We'll talk about it when he gets to the movie. But yeah. it's funny. How it happens. Yeah. Um... But yeah, that's why I think that's why I like this book more than the other Justice League Dark Runners. They actually have characters I like and enjoy reading about more. And even the villains they bring in like have a really cool, cool dynamic. Like Cersei in this run is dope. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, like a, a classic Wonder Woman villain who gets brought in. Like this is the perfect story for her too. Um, so they they kind of use her at first as kind of like their Hannibal Lecter, like their their villain expert essentially. But then she kind of flips it on them at the end. Yeah, because she. Uh, pretty much like helps Diana uh, learn how to like use the powers from the witch mark. Right, and it's cool because Zatanna is telling her the whole time like you cannot work with her. Like, yeah, she, she, you cannot <laughs> trust her. Like you don't know as much about magic as her or I do. She's tricking you. I don't know how yet, but she is. Yep, and she's completely right. Like yeah. at the end, like she was using it to like take the powers of Hecate for herself. Yeah, because she knew she'd be the fifth. Once yeah. the others lost it, so that's really cool. I think Cer Cersei's role in this book, and she and she has a great design. She looks great in this book too. Oh yeah, that's one thing I should call out is the art in 
like it, it goes through a couple different artists, but they're all fucking yeah, amazing. it's solid throughout. There's never yeah. like a dull like uh, issue or like, anything. Th- this is such a fun like even when this book like gets like a little too wordy occasionally or like gets like a little dull for a moment, the art is always fucking top tier. So, oh like, yeah, it, you're never ever bored for any reason. Definitely. Um, cause like if nothing else, you've got this like stunning art of like, you know, Dr. Fate flying in or swamp thing, like growing to colossal size to fight the upside down man, like really cool shit. Um, but oh, what I was going to say before was, uh, the references to swamp thing are important here. Um, cause y- you got far enough to read into the saga of the swamp thing run where like Zatara dies, right? Yep. Um, yeah. Cause that's reference. That's a big plot hook. Oh in yeah. This arc, it seems like. Yeah, definitely. It comes up like a lot, which is a cool reference. Cause they don't go back and explain like all of the details. Like they just tell you kind of essentially what you need to know and just leave it as this open thing. But those who, those of us who have read saga, of the swamp thing, it's a cool reference back. Like, oh, that's that story. I get it. Yeah. And they kind of add like a new hook with Constantine, like within that story as well. Right. Cause that, cause Constantine wasn't as involved with that. Like no, that Zatara. was him. No, that that was definitely Constantine. Oh, really? Yeah, he was there, and he's largely responsible. Yeah. Oh, well, no, like in in I know in the context in the context of this book, but what about back in, in Swamp Thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah he was okay. There. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, they're, they're drawing direct like that. That's almost panel, and even the panel they keep showing of him holding hands and being on fire. That's from a panel from that. That's comic. right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. Because now I remember. Because it, it was gonna kill Zatanna, so he took all of it for himself, and then I told you, I have totally forgot Zatanna was there too. Yep. No, that was the first uh, appearance of Zatanna. Oh, damn. Yep. Um, but that's that's kind of how a lot of this, because uh, the relationship between Zatanna and Constantine comes up a lot, and that's a big part of it. It's like, yeah, sorry, I killed your dad. <laughs> um, so I, I thought that was a cool reference, and like it brings up that shared history between him and Swamp Thing as well. Yep. Um, there's like a cool panel where it's like him and Swamp Thing against like the end of the world. He's like, I always thought it'd be us two at the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> Um, they play up Dr. Fate as a villain as well. And I don't know if we'll have time to get into the third arc, but the third arc is all about Dr. Fate and like the other Lords of Order kind of like going too far. Yep. Um, because they're actually the ones who summon these otherworldly demons to this world. Um, that's kind of how I feel like Dr. Fate gets used a lot. He's like, I am the king of order. And I'm going to bring something super chaotic here to make it all orderful. <laughs> like, wait, no, what? <laughs> yeah, and yeah, because the first two like kind of antagonists in this, or I'm assuming it kind of continues where it's like a certain person thinks that they're the only people who either have to do something insane that'll kill everyone to save magic from the other kind, and like they're the only yeah. ones that can do it. It's kind of a common motivation. You're right there. Yeah. Like that's Doctor Fate's motivation here. It's actually Hecate's motivation yeah, too. Exactly. It's like she stored all this power so that way when the other kind came back, she could defeat them herself. Yeah. Granted, taking all of magic for herself, but yeah, that's another story. <laughs> Um, the Upside Down Man, if we want to talk about his design for a minute, I think it's great, but the more I see it, I think the more I don't like it as much. There's something about it that I think, I think it's the pants. Yeah, why is he wearing pants like he's that? He's wearing, like, sweatpants. <laughs> like, there's there's other artists who draw him. I think that's where, because here he's drawn like, it's kind of fine. Like, they, they almost have, like, the pants blend into the darkness, where so it almost looks, like, strange. Yeah. There's other artists who draw him as straight-up sweatpants with, like, a tie on it. I kid you not. <laughs> I, I kid you not. When I saw that, I was like, it ruined him for me. I'm like, why does he just look like he got done jogging it outside makes, shirtless? <laughs> yeah, because like I, I don't know if it, the other dude has a name, but um, like one of the other main other kind that's like the green blob with like the organs and bones. Oh right, 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 yeah. Like that dude, like it's like 
weird body stuff like that, like a, an upside down man with like no eyes or nose and a fucking crazy mouth. Like he doesn't need to be wearing pants. Like just just have him naked. Like yeah. it doesn't matter. You're <laughs> going for weird and like otherworldly. Why is he wearing pants? Yeah, I mean the only reason he'd be wearing pants is we're assuming that there's like genitals under there. Did we have this <laughs> discussion? Why else would he be wearing pants? I think we had this discussion last week with Fin Fang Foom, didn't we? Yeah, we did. <laughs> we talked about why does this big dragon wear pants? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, th- I think this is a growing problem. I think, here's the thing. Don't be afraid of the crotch, artists. Yeah. The, cr- the crotch isn't that scary. Exactly. Give, don't, you don't have to give them pants. This should be a pantsless society. Yeah, Quote like, me. They, they don't have to be hanging dong. Like, it, like there's ways around it. Yeah, you don't have to have a giant <laughs> other kind dick. But <laughs> God knows what that would look like. But there's a medium between that and track pants. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't need to be on business cash. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, uh, to keep talking about the art here, I'm just flipping through some of the pages here just to talk about that. The, like Some of the horror art is really great, like when they're fighting uh, the Upside Down Man for the first time. There's this one part where I got like sick to my stomach, where like uh, Bobo is like fighting him with a magic sword, and he's like, "I'm Detective Chimp, huzzah!" Oh yeah, and the uh, the um, the upside down man just like he's like, "You can't kill horror, little one," and just like starts melting him. Yeah, just turns him into a puddle. Yeah, and Bobo's like, "Help me!" Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. Well, meanwhile, Man Bat's like trying to scoop him into like a vase. Yeah, he's like, "I can fix him. Science can fix him." I'm like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, this book gets real twisted at a lot of parts. Yeah, but I mean, but it's, for, it works for its great. Benefit. Yeah. This oh, is, definitely. For strength yeah tinyan is a great horror writer and that's where he's kind of started to find his strength yeah he, for sure. he ended up leaving dc recently to just do horror books oh really yeah he, he has a couple really famous horror books already like uh what's killing the children and oh yeah yeah there's something like uh i'm blanking on the name but something about a haunted house or something i believe that's really popular right now okay um but highly recommended as a horror writer uh, james tinyan also a really good batman writer hmm also, uh, so yeah, the art team that we called out uh, is really good, but I also want to call out the guest artists who came in on some of these Wonder Woman issues that tie in, because oh, yeah. I almost liked it better. Yeah, for um, real, though. I want to find that creative team, because like, I was reading, I was like, holy shit, why is this art always been that good? Because it looks very similar to the other artists, like, mm-hmm. the main artist, but like something about it, I think it's the inks, something about it just brings it out a little more. Let me find that, that team here. Um, uh, Emanuela uh, Lupacino and Ray McCarthy mm. and uh, uh, Ramuela Fajardo Jr. on the colors. Like, something about that art style is, like, so fucking entertaining to me. Like, even the panels where they're just talking. Like, everyone looks so good. Yeah, it really pops. Yeah, uh, and, like, they, they have one panel of, like, Cersei, like, in her full kind of, like, supervillain garb, and she looks fucking amazing. <laughs> it's really cool. And then she Im- immediately goes, like, to her casual redesign, which is also, like, really great. <laughs> um, So, like, I don't know. There's something about this art. That uh, that I really like, like the, even like the little panels, like Swamp Thing, like at the table, like eating with a fork and knife. Why is he eating, <laughs> dude? Yeah, Swamp Thing looks great throughout the whole thing. Yeah, I like his they design with it. like the the like he almost looks like a fucking like like old man in like a trailer, like the kind of hair he has and the giant beard, but it's all made out of vines. Yeah, it's got like the vine flow. Yeah, I like it. Oh, and because uh, there's a couple issues of um, it, tying into Wonder Woman, we are blessed with uh, Jenny for song covers of like the oh, branded yeah. uh, Wonder Woman, which it, like. She's drawn Wonder Woman like thousands of times, so it's like a classic every time. But seeing the Hecate version is cool. Hell yeah. Um, some fallout from this event that I think is pretty important for setting things up as well is the uh, a lot of the magic characters kind of like kind of like um, die because one of the branded was um, 
because um, a lot of the uh, the Justice League Dark members who because there's kind of like this place where they all hang out. They don't go to the the Hall of Justice a lot. They spend some time there, but they spend a lot of their time at this bar, yeah, which is the bar that Bobo is now in charge of by yep. you know having this magic sword. Yeah, it's a pretty chill spot. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like it's uh, <laughs> basically like this like a Star Wars cantina vibes kind of place where all these magical characters come together and get into hijinks, gamble with artifacts and oh shit. yeah, <laughs> like, cool stuff like that. Uh, you'll have like Blue Devil like brawling against like uh, you know Doctor Fate or some shit. <laughs> um, but everyone there pretty much ends up getting killed in this blast that Witchfire sends off. She's one of the first branded by Hecate. Yeah, because Hecate is like you know you witch you you uh, witches and other magic users and sorcerers are like using this magic and you have no, no idea what you're doing. I'm taking it back and just like incinerates all of them, uh, killing her in the process. Um, and then also the Parliament of Trees rip. Yeah, like that's huge. Yeah, that's like, the Parliament of Trees is like obviously like one of the biggest like staples of like that whole like mythos of the swamp thing thing so that's really just like cleaning the slate be like no there are no rules anymore whoosh yeah cleaning the table uh, he was not happy about that yeah so that was a a really shocking moment when i read that i was like holy shit like (laughs) they just burned down the parliament of trees yeah because they kind of set that up like Swamp Things end in the very uh, first issue. Because Constantine's like, when are you going to tell him that you're lying to him? Like, you don't plan on being the Swamp Thing for long. You've already you've already started growing roots with the Parliament. Like, yeah, you're yeah. done. Like, you've retired. Yep. Like, when are you going to tell people? <laughs> so this whole thing is like the whole run is kind of like Swamp. Like at least Alec Holland Swamp Things like his big swan song. Yeah. It's uh, so just there's like, a lot well, of cool there moments. goes the early retirement. Yep. Uh, so with the Parliament of Trees gone, yeah, that's kind of like a call to action to him. Yep. Uh, so that'll be where we uh, where we end things. Uh, we, I, don't, I don't think we have time to get into the uh, the Doctor Fate run because we still got to talk about the movie. But yeah, that it, runs a lot longer. I highly recommend reading this entire run. It's fucking awesome. Uh, this goes into a Doctor Fate story that's really great and sets up uh, Khalid as the new Doctor Fate, who was in this run a little bit. It turns out that uh, Kent Nelson is not in control of Doctor Fate anymore. Oh, Naboo, right. the person in the helmet, is in full control. Yep. and he locked the new Doctor Fate like away because he was going to try to stop him. Yep. because um, they had like a run in the new. 52 uh where it was like uh khalid being set up as the new uh dr fate okay that's kind of where the story goes as well gotcha um so that's what's cool about this one is it 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 takes the a lot of the classic characters in fact all of them yeah puts them in there (laughs) but also sets up new stories and it's a different direction than you'd expect it doesn't end up just being a cameo fest of nostalgia it ends up actually setting up new stories yeah it's not just the old way right so i do appreciate that because that that's the most refreshing way because that was one thing that's wrong with like new 52 swamp thing it's like it constantly just like re hashes like Alan Moore ideas and just like mm. puts in more details about it instead of just telling a new story yeah so I'm glad that they're doing that yeah no I that, definitely loving that um so highly recommend this it, oh it also spins into some really good Swamp Thing stories where like Woodrow comes back and tries to start his own parliament oh uh, nice stuff like that yeah it's really <laughs> dope uh so highly recommend reading all of that run uh especially when Rom V takes over and then like goes into the Swamp Thing stuff that's I'm excited to read that hell yeah um but without further ado uh we really enjoyed that we said a lot of good things about that book highly recommend it what I'm not about to highly recommend is the movie <laughs> we're about to discuss which yeah I've now seen twice I don't know why or how I've done this to myself but I've now seen this movie twice man um this was the first movie i saw in this uh dc animated universe and like it, it wasn't so egregiously bad that i was like oh, maybe it gets better like maybe yeah. this is one of the worst ones yeah like it's not a complete waste of time but it it takes a long time to get into and it's only an hour and 15 that's the minutes. thing it's a 90 minute movie that's too long not even 90 minutes and it's a 
75 including minute credits movie. and everything right 75 yeah. minutes right yeah. so it's like and it's already too long yeah that's, yeah, <laughs> that's <exactly>. a problem <laughs> i mean this movie can be summed up pretty quickly it's basically like they they had a good idea for a villain and yeah kind of his hook and into the plot they had Definitely. a cool idea there where it's uh the dreamstone and destiny two classic uh, dc entities like uh using a uh, destiny using this dreamstone to like take over the world do their dreams and twist yep. their darkest thoughts into whatever you know horror stuff yeah and you get like a cool like sequence of a flashback with like Merlin and Etrigan and Jason Blood yeah, that part like was killing dope. Destiny like that was probably the best part of the yeah, movie seeing like, <laughs> Jason Blood in like his full like knight's armor like yeah. going to battle with Merlin was dope and, yeah like, that part bite, was bite, far, uh, biting Destiny <laughs> uh, fighting Destiny yeah that, that part was cool that's what yeah. I mean is when they showed that flashback I was like oh this is the elevator pitch for the movie yeah. this scene yep. and the rest of it sucks <laughs> exactly because um, the rest of the movie is like them trying to solve this mystery which oh I know who we're going to call the world's greatest detective Batman. Yep. And B- Batman is hands down the worst part of this movie. Yep. Like, I, I'm trying to... No, he has to be. It has to be. Because Well, I mean, maybe... Uh, oh, Deadman? Yeah, maybe Deadman. Maybe Deadman. <laughs> yeah. Although his origin flashback was hilarious. <laughs> it was. No, the funny part about that origin that I wanted to talk about before, but I saved it for now, was Deadman is explaining... Or it's Zatanna explaining yeah. Deadman's origins to Batman. Because it's unclear, but it doesn't seem like anyone else sees Deadman. At the beginning, he's only a spirit and can only... For some reason, Zatanna could talk to him because she she's magic, ma- whatever. whatever. Yeah. yeah, so Batman can't hear or see him until like they meet up again with um, who is it, Swamp Thing or Constantine? Constantine. They, yeah, yeah, Constantine does like a spell, and then everyone can see him. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, whatever. But the, the funny scene was like Zatanna explaining Dead Man's origins to Batman. <laughs> and tell me if this sounds familiar to a Batman fan. <laughs> Dead Man was a circus performer. He used to do tricks for the crowd, death-defying acts. <laughs> no one was better than him in Master Acrobat. Until oh, one day, gangsters came in. He owed them money. <laughs> and they decided to take it too far and shot him in the middle of a performance. He <laughs> fell from the rafters and... Oh, no, everyone gathered around. Not only that, but gets shot mid-flip. That's what I mean, yeah. And then his body falls, but his soul still completes the flip and then lands it. <laughs> so Batman's like, yeah. I, this, and he's like, does that sound familiar, Batman? Can you imagine? He's like, yeah, literally, that's Dick Grayson. <laughs> yeah, I know that story very well. <laughs> I was there for one of those. How often does this happen in Gotham? This is way too common of an occurrence. People keep, Who keeps firing shots at circus performers? <laughs> it's a high-risk job. Yeah, skilled marksman. <laughs> I hate all circus performers. (laughs) I won't stop. Someone's got to bring this guy to justice. (laughs) Um, But I just thought that part was funny because, like, Batman in this whole movie just kind of sits there. He has a couple lines, but literally most of the movie, he doesn't even say anything. No. He's just standing there. And then every time they go to, like, meet up or talk to someone new, they're like, hey, is that Batman? And he's just, like, standing in the background like, what up? (laughs) (laughs) It's me. (laughs) And then that's it. You don't hear from him again for another 20 minutes. Like, it's fine that they wanted this to be a Constantine, Zatanna, and Etrigan movie. It's clearly that's what the movie was, was those three. And Jason Blood. Well, Jason Blood, Etrigan. Yeah, the dynamic. The dynamic. Like, yeah, it's like it's so clearly that was the focus of the story. Just yep. do that. Yeah. Why do you have to have? You want to have one comic relief character? It doesn't have to be Dead Man, but if that's who you picked, fine. Yeah, but um, you draw the people in with Batman on the covers, so I get it. But like, yeah, he's he's so useless. Like, he literally. There's one part where they even joke. He's like, "Is your friend gonna say anything?" <laughs> 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 And, like, whenever there's a fight, you would think, oh, here's where Batman gets to be useful. Here, yep. whipping out the Batman stuff. Nope. He literally just stands there and watches most of the combats. <laughs> yeah, actually, the one decent thing he does is they eventually meet up with Felix Faust, who yeah. ends up being, like, 
the kind of main parent. He's head. the red herring. Yeah, yeah, he's the red herring, and uh, Batman manages to like grappling hook a spell book out of his hand. That's, yeah, that part that, was kind of clutch. It holds him up for like a couple minutes, so yeah. he got one hit in. But anyone could have done that. Yeah, anyone. Like, <laughs> has Swamp Thing grabbed the spell? Has Zatanna just? Ooh. Oh yeah, are we gonna mention <laughs> Swamp Thing? His <laughs> yeah, so, like five minutes of screen I time. I feel like they were just told to put Swamp Thing in this movie and did not want to because no. Swamp Thing is here at, for one scene, and that's to give them directions. Yeah. No, oh, two where scenes. do we go? Yeah. He gives them directions in the middle, and then at the end, <laughs> gets absolutely disrespected. Yeah, absolutely. And, okay, here's the most interesting part of the movie, or whoever wrote this had zero understanding of what Swamp Thing was. Yeah. Because Swamp Thing is killed by Destiny by... He gives him a line like, oh, you're the one that can't get over, like, that you can't be human again, Alec Holland. And then he literally, like, magically separates Alec Holland's remains out of Swamp Thing. Which kills him? Which kills him? I was very confused by that. <laughs> it is a very jarring scene that makes Someone, no sense. Yeah. Like, if you want to do, like, a new take on Swamp Thing where that's how this iteration of Swamp Thing works, fine. But yeah. you're choosing Alec Holland's Swamp Thing, who is a very... That's not that's not how the character that's works. That's not how... It's not Alec Holland's, like, corpse Alec wrapped Holland up in... Alec Holland is already dead. Yeah, his body is <laughs> <Yeah>. gone. <laughs> like, that's the thing was when, like, non... Like, anyone who's, like... Because it doesn't take long to, like, understand no. Swamp Thing. Just read the first... Two issues. issues. Yeah, two issues. That that's all yeah. it takes. And that's only for Alec Holland's Swamp Thing. And those yeah. rules only matter if you're writing him. If you want to do your own character, that's fine. I have no problem with that. Yep. <laughs> know the source material, man. Yeah, you're doing a DC animated movie. <laughs> you're writing this for fans. We're going to call you on your bullshit. <laughs> you, yeah, you can't have something that jarring. Just put this character in the movie for literally no reason. You might as well not have him there. Yep. Because he shows up just to be a big punchy, so they can have this camera tracking like anime shot with all the tentacles. Yeah, talk about a boring last battle too with Destiny. He literally just floats around the city in a big pink like magic ball. Yeah, and makes him fight the Justice. Yeah, and League. no one yeah. can hit him. Yeah, uh, pretty yeah. underwhelming. It's a it's a really disappointing movie. Um, I mean, Constantine is good because he's played by Matt Ryan and he's a really good Constantine. Yep. Yeah, Zatanna uh, was solid. She's fine. Yeah, they didn't do a lot with her, but no. yeah. Um and they got first and there's a, some really random out of character moments with her too like there's one part where she just like, goes like ape shit for some reason oh yeah and just like <laughs> there's like I'm gonna kill Felix Faust with this giant axe Huzzah! yeah she like loses control like I can't control it like I have to kill him and Constantine she goes like, like Hulk mode which is weird and yeah then Constantine's like we talked to, like, about this yeah. you, you can't Hulk out yeah take deep breaths it's like what's like, happening where did this come from? <laughs> this wasn't set up at all and there's like Felix Faust wasn't like a personal thing yeah no like I, he insulted her a lot I guess like he was like you know oh you woman you silly woman yeah but he, he, he was in roast mode against everyone like, he was being a piece of shit but <laughs> yeah. i didn't get the vibes of like zatanna this is her goal was to murder this man yeah <laughs> like, i didn't get those vibes they just kind of pulled that out of nowhere yeah it was it was interesting so uh yeah this movie is very uh bad and yeah i don't think these dc animated movies are worth anything really and that's why we i hope there's a good one out there a decent one we're gonna talk about fatal five at some point but that's not even this so that's different that's a more that's a Bruce Tim universe okay. kind of thing. Gotcha. Uh, this movie is part of the cursed DC universe, which is like this ended in a movie where they literally like brutally killed all of the Justice League, like <laughs> Final Destination style, and oh. then ended the universe. Oh, they're like the end. Goodbye. Interesting. Like there's like a movie where like Apocalypse invades and everyone gets like there's one part where Starfire gets like ripped in half. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ! Shit. Yeah. What the hell? Hey, this universe had no idea what it wanted to be. Like, yeah, I that, think they uh, were kind of going for, like, Zack Snyder vibes with, like, a lot of it, but, like, it it sucks. Okay. It really sucks. Weird. Um, Just try to get edgy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And this movie tries to do that, too, like, to a little extent, but does- For it, sure, it, yeah. It has more of Reigns on it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so there's not a lot of redeeming things. Don't watch this movie. 
Um, don't pay for it, for God's sakes. God, no, yeah. Um, but do read Justice League Dark, because it's a good book. It's got some cool characters, and I like the magic stuff. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. <clears throat> so, as I mentioned, our plan for the weeks ahead is to read some Freddy vs. Jason versus Ash, and then we're going to watch the movie, which I have never seen, uh, Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah, it's been a uh, while for me. Yep, so we're getting into the bona fide horror stuff. We're getting into Spooktober. Hell, yeah, uh, I'm ready. Yes, so uh, get on your Halloween hats. Halloween hats. <laughs> what is a Halloween hat? I mean, a, a pumpkin head, I a guess. Pu- put on your pumpkin heads. <laughs> a witch hat. Whatever. There's tons. Whatever your Halloween hat of choice is, put it on and get ready. Oh, for yeah. Some scary time. Spooky. <laughs>